Now, leukaemia is the most common childhood cancer in Ireland. Um, thankfully, through breakthroughs in modern medicine, uh, it's now an illness that most, the majority of children will survive. I think it's around 80%. Uh, survival rate. Uh, after experiencing life in hospital and going through tough treatments, how do children and their families return to their normal life and are they supported through this transition? Well, joining us in studio to talk about her own personal experience of childhood cancer and her research around end of treatment experiences of childhood leukaemia uh, is PhD researcher Avril Deegan. Hello, Avril. Hi, Ray. How are what, you? what part of the country are you from? Um, I'm from Leash. Leash. Yeah, Culla Hill. Culla Hill in County Leash. Where, yeah. where is that close to? Um, it's right on the Kilkenny Tipperary border, so it is. All oh, right, yeah, is it, a small little village. Is there a pub called Three Counties there or something? No. Um, there used to be a pub O'Connell's was oh, right. in the village, but it's probably called the Three Counties. Down. There was a pub I remember used to pass on the way to Carlo, because it was there. You could it was sort of on the border of Three Counties, so that oh, okay. sounds like that. Yeah. Uh, now, so um, you had leukemia. Yeah, I yeah. did. What age were you diagnosed at? Yeah, so I was diagnosed with leukaemia, acute lymphoblastic leukaemia is what I had when I was five years old. Mm. So it's 20 years ago now. Right. Um, I suppose I don't have very many memories of having leukaemia. I always was aware that I had it growing up, but I don't have very many memories of the treatment side of things. Any memories that I do have are more of the kind of happier, positive side of things. And what were the happier, positive side um, of things? Things like Barrettstown were big thing for me um, and trips away to Barrettstown and different bubblegum club is another one um, that I used to go with with my family and my cousins as well um, and I suppose then looking at pictures as well and video recordings from when I did have cancer they also spark memories for me um, and now working within CHI in Crumlin and going around the hospital you know you start to remember different parts of it as well uh-huh. um, so the more work I'm doing within there it's sparking more and more memories and yes. then speaking to families as well it brings you back to that time and the memories start coming back. And in speaking to other people and families with people who uh, were diagnosed with leukaemia, is it common that they've no memory of the, the treatment side of it? Yeah, from families that I've spoken to so far, I'm very early stages of my research, but the general consensus I seem to be getting at the minute is they don't really remember, you know, the chemo side of things or getting blood tests done, all that kind of scarier side of things. Mm. Um, it's much more the positive kind of side of things yeah. and the it's funny moments. Isn't it? that, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I think your brain probably blocks out all those coping negative, mechanism. Yeah, it's probably yeah. a coping mechanism as well. Uh, and, and and it sort of points to how important places like Barrettstown are and you know the Share a Dream and Make a Wish and the yeah. Bubblegum Club and all those. Yeah, those I think charities. all those organisations, Child Cancer Ireland, Breakthrough Cancer Research, who are funding me doing this research as well, all the work that they're doing for families, just to give them a safe place that they can enjoy and know that they'll be looked after and mm. um, so obviously it's so, so So you've no memory uh, like because five I'd have memories from when I was five so you, you've no memories of getting the diagnosis and, and then the word cancer being used around you No, no. I don't have any wow. uh, even talking to say people who were in my class when I was in primary school they don't really remember me having cancer do you know okay. I think it's children's way it's a good thing I think yeah. that do you know you're still a child at the end of the day uh, no more than we were talking to Ruth Codd um, who has lost part of her limb in the first hour and, and no more than that that, that has coloured her life you know made her the person she is do you think that a childhood diagnosis of cancer you know may, has made you who you are um, in a lot of ways yeah, it was always an interest of mine to go back to it. And because obviously when I was five, I didn't know like the ins and outs of it. So there was that interest when I, and especially when I started doing psychology in DCU, um, that I wanted to go back and look at it a bit more in depth. 
and see if I could use my experience to help other families. Mm. Um, and I suppose the research that I'm doing now will hopefully do that. Okay, so so you think you see a gap? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. And where is that gap? I think there's a big gap from when you're on treatment. There's a lot of support there for you, but when you get towards the end and you transition then to life after treatment, that transition can be challenging for families because obviously on the one hand it's great you're after surviving cancer you're after you know killing the disease and it's time for celebration but it's also a worrying time as well there's a lot of anxiety you have to go back to school back to work just get back to normal life again after going through such a traumatic time in your life um so i think there needs to be supporting families during that transition Mm. needs to be a big priority psychological support psychologically yeah i think it's massive because it's just from my own personal point of view and just from reading in the literature as well it's often overlooked that psychological side of things despite it being such an important part of the treatment mm. obviously the medical side of things is really important as well but you can't forget about the psychological side of things yeah, too because, because uh, like it's it's a huge negative that you get a, a diagnosis but you are showered with attention aren't yeah. you yeah, at the time when you're undergoing treatment, yes. you know, you have so much support from your family. The whole family is affected. It's not just the And the whole family gets support. The, and, and yeah, there's the grandparents, yeah. the aunties. No, but what I'm saying, but they get support from outside as well, you know, that, yeah. that, 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 that you know, when you're in the hospital, everyone is showering attention on you. Yeah, everyone's there. And, yeah, you know, yeah. And then once the treatment ends, you often feel like, okay, that yeah. you're left on your own. Yes, yes, And you yes. have to stand on your own two feet and... Right, you're in control of everything. Now, you now. say you're in the early days, and I know you're looking for families, and we, we, we do that in a moment. But but what what's what's it hinting towards? What's what do you think? Like what could people do with? Um, support is the main thing. I think just to continue that support throughout the cancer continuum, not to just end it once you finish the treatment and let you out the door and let that be it. It needs to continue long term. Um, throughout for a number of years after. I know the initial few months when you do step out the door are probably the most critical mm. um, that you do support families, but it needs to be long-term as well. And are there organisations, you know, like you, you're a member of a club, I suppose, a club that nobody wants to be in, but but you had childhood cancer. So have yeah. you been in the company of loads of people who've had childhood cancer? I haven't until no. I went All into right, this right, research. So um, I would have thought there was, you yeah, know. Yeah, things are starting to improve from, it was a long time, it was 20 years ago since I came yes, out of it. Yes. Things are starting to improve. So the likes of Childhood Cancer Ireland and different organisations like that do have safe places for families that they can just have others that had the same experience as them mm. to talk to. Because I think just expressing your feelings and experiences with others is massive help for families. Because um, at present, there's actually no formal survivorship programme in place for paediatric cancer survivors, despite it being a recent assessment of needs has highlighted that psychological things is just as important. So when you have your PhD done and you're presented, you would hope that the outcome would be that this will be yeah, put in place. I'd hope that my research will help inform future policies and yeah. care plans that are in place for survivors. Just, just to go off on a tangent for a moment, you always insisted that you're both your mum and dad brought you to hospital. Yeah, I was a bit of a stubborn child. <laughs> right, okay. So yeah. the two of them had to go. So the two of them had to go and my mum was actually pregnant at the time with my sister Blonid and I had another sister Maeve then as well who was often landed up to my granny's house. <laughs> right. So she'd be quite independent now as a result of all that, I think. She would have been... See, I, I suppose it, as an adult you can understand why, that, why your five-year-old self did that. Yeah, because you know, it was such a big thing, wasn't it? It was such a, a seismic change in your little world. 
that that the, you wanted the constants to be with you all the, all the time and they're your yeah, parents. Yeah, I suppose they're your safe place yes, as well, yeah, having yeah. them, you know, you're safe if they're with you. Yeah. Um, when you're going through chemo and obviously all that side of things isn't nice. Yeah. Um, so um, you need that support. And I was saying there that, that thankfully um, through breakthroughs in modern science that the, the outcomes are, in the 20 years since you had it, like the the percentages have gone up, haven't they? Yeah, massively. Ma- it's massive. an 80% plus yeah. number of survivors. Yeah, there's still that, 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 you know, 18% Yeah, so through. there's a big chunk of survivors out there and yeah. they need to be supported. Like, obviously, you have to be conscious that there is those that small percentage that don't, unfortunately, make it the full way through. So I am very conscious of that hmm. with it when I'm doing my research that I know I'm aware of that as well. And you're going back to these places you would have been 20 years ago. Um, and as you say, they're sort of triggering or you know bringing back memories uh, and, and is it reminding you of like I'm trying to understand if uh, having childhood cancer colours your view of the world um, it does and it doesn't you know you're obviously I'm aware that I had it back when I was five years old and it was such a big thing um, and when I'm now doing the research and I see what families go through it makes it even more clear to me what was involved and how much it takes up your life. Yeah. Um, because I was so young when I had it, it probably all went over my head. And <laughs> yeah. I think it does for a lot of families that I meet and the child just kind of goes all over their head. They're looking to see, can we go to the shop or yeah. go to McDonald's after mm. doing the treatment? And, and here, and, and I don't expect, expect a definitive answer on this, but should children be aware of the diagnosis? In other words, how much should children be told, do you think? I think it's important to give the child a voice. Um, that's kind of a big part of my research is giving the child a voice and allowing them to express their feelings and emotions because a lot of work that has been done to date has just looked at it from the parent's perspective which is obviously good as well but you need to get the voice of the child as well because they have one as well okay and you're looking for people to help you with your research yeah how do people contact you um so if families would like what i'm looking at is um children and parents who have survived cancer aged under 18 in the last five years um, for leukemia specifically and if they'd like to find out more information on the study they can just follow uh, life after childhood leukemia on instagram facebook and twitter repeat that for us avril so life after childhood leukemia on facebook instagram and twitter okay uh, good luck with your research thanks for coming in that's uh, avril deegan there from Culler hill thank <laughs> you <laughs> uh, that's it from us uh, Cormac and Sarah are on drive time we are back tomorrow at 3 o'clock enjoy the rest of your Thursday evening The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1